Gosh, it was so many years ago now that I think back. My son Ian and I were walking along the beach in Costa Rica. Ian was about, oh, I don't know, he's probably about four or five years old. And we're holding hands and we're skipping in the sand. And suddenly he looks up at me and he says, Mommy, why do two women kiss? Taken back, I look at him and I think, well, um, I kiss my mom and I kiss my sisters. Is that what you're talking about? And Ian with these big blue eyes looks up at me again and says, well... The kisses that I saw, they weren't quite like those kisses. And then, of course, I think to myself, oh, my gosh, what was the time that I wasn't watching him? I mean, you know, what was I doing? I said, so so how are they kissing Ian? He says, well, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. I don't want to really get into it. And then I asked him where he saw it. And he said, on YouTube. I went, YouTube? Really? Yeah, I was watching some videos about Roblox, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the video about how to build things on Roblox, I saw two women kissing. And of course, at that very moment, my heart sank because I thought, oh, I just won the Bad Mommy of the Year award because I wasn't watching all the time. And once again, Ian looked at me and said, so why do two women kiss like that? Him being five, me not being ready to actually address the situation, I looked at him and said, you know, we'll talk about that later. How about right now we go boogie boarding? And of course, to a five-year-old, that was all he needed to know. And the conversation was cast off to the side, thankfully so. We later had to talk about it, but that was when he was a teenager. Like many parents, we think that we can just put our kids online and everything seems to be safe, right? I mean, you know, you have these kids' videos and shouldn't it all just be about whatever the kid is trying to watch? I don't know why. There's a lot of sickos. There are a lot of whack jobs in the world, but they get some cheap thrill, I guess, out of embedding weird stuff inside of kids' videos. And it's not just two women kissing. We're talking about, well, other things, up to and including... Steps on how to commit suicide. Yes, that's right. So when your kid is sitting there on YouTube, they might be watching a video about something kid-related, maybe a game, you have it. And then in the middle of this, a video pops out of nowhere. And what does YouTube say? They say there's really nothing they can do about it. But as a parent, you need to know about what's truly going on on YouTube. So in this Commando On Demand podcast, we're going to expose some of the things that you probably don't know that's really going on YouTube. It's certainly something that the Google PR machine wants you to know nothing about. And we'll hear from one of the nation's top leading child psychologists. She actually specializes with kids with autism. So if you've got anybody in your family who's autistic, you definitely want to pay attention to this because there's a certain propensity for kids with autism and YouTube videos and how long they watch it and what exactly they're watching. And before we get to all that, a special thank you goes out to one of our partners in this podcast. Because without our partners in this podcast, well, I'll tell you, these Commando On Demand podcasts just wouldn't be possible. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.
Yes, of course. That's Let It Go from the movie Frozen. Frozen, since its debut in 2013, has generated, well, last time I looked, it was $1.3 billion. Okay, huge success. As a matter of fact, just a few days ago, I had to go to a four-year-old's birthday party. I went over to Safeway to buy some balloons, and the woman looked at me, and she said, how old's the kid? I said, four. She said, oh, you have to get Elsa. And I'm like, Elsa? I got to get Elsa? She said, yes, and she pulls out this life-size balloon of Elsa. Of course, that I say, oh, yes, I need Elsa. I get Elsa out to my car. I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to get Elsa in my car and over to the birthday party? That's a whole nother different story. And on YouTube, Elsa's huge. Of course, Elsa from Frozen. Well, she has her own term. It's called Elsa Gate. And here to talk to us about Elsa Gate is Noelle Schunk. Now, Noelle is our director of content strategy at commando.com. She's got a big title and a big job. So Noelle came in to me the other day and she said, I've got to tell you about Elsagate. We're all just chatty Kathy about Elsagate. And I said, you know what, Noelle, rather than you tell me all about this, why don't you tell our listeners, the podcast directly? So joining us right now is Noelle. Thank you, Kim. Hi, Noelle. So Elsagate, explain to everybody what Elsagate is. Okay. I did some digging on this. The term Elsagate was coined just two years ago, 2017, but it's been around a lot longer. Gate, you know, that comes from Watergate. Sure. So anytime there's a scandal, we're going to tag gate onto it. What this refers to is this phenomenon of these videos that creepy people are making using Disney characters, superheroes popular cartoon characters that are especially targeted toward little kids. We're talking like preschoolers, toddlers. And Elsa is a huge target for this. Right. Well, we did some digging and we watched some of these videos. And at first you open them up and you think, oh, it's an Elsa video. We're going to watch a video about Elsa and her sister. And then you start watching it and you realize it takes a really dark, disturbing turn. So we're not like walking into the frozen oh, no. caves and no. caravans and things like that. No. So in one of them, this is interesting because you bring up, you told the story about Ian and the two girls kissing. Right. One of the videos that we saw had Elsa and her sister. Her sister's taking care of her and she Elsa is sick. She's laying in a bed. And next to the bed, there's a hypodermic needle on the counter. And I can't understand why any child would need to know or Okay, see. so wait a second. Right. So this is like an animated cartoon. Yes, yes. Okay. And so, say that again, Elsa is giving her sister a hypodermic needle? Si- Elsa is sick and her sister is taking care of her. Okay. And there's a hypodermic needle next to the bed. Because when you're sick, you always need that, <laughs> right. right? Right. Okay. Right. So Elsa's sister leans over to her and says, you're hot. It's not in a way you know, that your mom says that you, you see where this is going. You know, I'm, you know, I have two sisters. They're both beautiful. <laughs> have you ever told them gorgeous. they're hot? <laughs> I, I've never said, you know, well, I may have said like, you look hot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is different than like, you're hot. Right. Okay. So, right. all right. So we have two sisters saying so you're hot. She said, tells her she's hot. She gives her an injection in the, in the, uh, gives okay. it in the glutes. And then... She kisses her sister. Okay, not, she, is, now, is the kiss like a just... No. Okay. I guarantee you, you never kissed your sisters like this. And this is the kiss that probably... Ian saw. Something similar to what Ian saw. Right. Right. Okay. And, and, and Kim, I just watched this yesterday. So it's still up there. Okay, when you see a video like this on YouTube, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can report it. And I did, yeah. 
And how long has it been up there? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure how long it's been up there. Well, I have another video because you sent me a screenshot of this video. Right. And I know that this is a podcast. You can't see it, but I'm not really sure what it is, Noelle. I mean, I see a blonde woman with looks like she has a beach ball. What's happening? She's having a baby on the beach and she's but what we're looking at is a cartoon and it's a cartoon that's it is obviously geared toward toddlers. They're little kids and with so, big heads and little right, arms and right. things like and that. Right, and it looks very, it's very brightly colored. There's lots of happy things, very simple lines, very simple colors. So it's clearly geared toward children, young children. And so there's one that there's a girl who's laying on the beach and she's obviously pregnant and she's looks like she's giving birth because her belly is red, and and it's just it. I don't know why young children would need to see that. I'm not seeing this. I mean, as something that a, a toddler should actually look at. Yeah. And, and the one next to it with the beautiful blonde princess and the heart-shaped eyes and, of course, the little tiny waist. And then there's a, a guy next to him with really weird, weird eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is going on with that? Big blue eyes. And then he has his, it looks like a Fabio shirt on, open up. Mm-hmm. And he's got a six pack. Oh, I think he's got a 12 pack. I mean, look at this with like, you know, look at the little tiny boy shorts he's got on. Mm -hmm. And he's got like this sinister look giving the princess something. Right. So, you know what I thought when I saw this? It looks like he's roofing her, right? It does. Like he's he's done something to put her into this this hypnotic state. And she's got, you know, there's hearts and she's like in La La Love Land and he's got this sinister look on his face. What message does that send? Well, what's interesting about these videos, and I have to tell you, of course, YouTube.com slash Kim Commando, it's our official channel. Now, I will tell everybody under full disclosure that the Kim Commando Show YouTube channel has never really been a priority for us, right? I mean, we recently hired somebody. You're going to start seeing a whole new focus on it. But, you know, if we put up a little clip of the show, I mean, we have videos there that have eight, nine hundred thousand views. But if we just put a video up there and nobody really notices and nobody promotes it, and it's got a bad title and things like that. You know, it may only get 500 views in three days. OK, even though we have 50,000 subscribers. Well, this video of the princess giving birth on the beach to the shocked guy next to him and some weirdo who has something going on. Uh, called Excrelia Girl Princess Sparkle and Friend in three days got 21,000 views. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of views in three days. Okay. Um, Super Kids Family, that's the one with the guy with the 12 pack and the two dogs and the princess with the heart. 3,000 views in four days. So, what does YouTube say about this? Well, they have a video that they've released where they're telling parents that they're not allowing content creators to monetize these types of videos. They're deleting certain channels and videos, and then they recently, just recently, disabled comments in children's videos. Which which they should do anyway, because Mm -hmm. the only person that comments on a YouTube video is just a troll or a jerk. I mean, that's just the bottom line. But you use a keyword, and that's monetize. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Can the videos still be up there without making money? That's a good question. 
because if they if they mm-hmm. use the word monetize, mm-hmm. okay, so the way that videos get monetized on YouTube, which if you aren't familiar, is that you put a video up. If you get at least 10,000 views, so this video of the girl giving birth qualifies to be monetized because it has 21,000 views, is that YouTube will put ads in the beginning and at the end and at the bottom and wherever else they can figure out how to make money. So YouTube is saying now if it's videos that shouldn't be there that they can't monetize, which doesn't mean that all the videos will go away. Right. Okay. And YouTube has always taken the stance that they depend upon algorithms in order to control the content on YouTube. Now, if you're not familiar with algorithms, let me tell you something. Algorithms are just computer programs, if then or else statements. And of course, they're using artificial intelligence. And by using algorithms, guess what? They don't have to use human beings. Because as we know with Facebook, people that are seeing all these weird stuff that's going online, they're saying, well, it's making me crazy and I'm frustrated, I'm going nuts and you name it. So on YouTube, they say that they cannot have enough human beings because of those numbers I mentioned earlier. So it's really up to the parents, right? Right. That's why we wanted to do this with you today, because we wanted to give them that information, educate them. I have a friend who's a mom to triplets that are four. Oh, my gosh, the poor thing. She had no idea about this. I sent her these videos. Her kids are enamored with Elsa. I sent her these links. I said, did you know about this? And she said, oh, my God, no, thank you. And she forwarded it to her, you know, little mommy network. Yeah, because unless somebody tells you, Mm -hmm. you don't really know. I mean, I had no idea that, you know, at five years old, I ended up having a conversation with him in Costa Rica on a five-year-old level that, you know, some people like men and some people like women and it's okay. Whatever you want to do is fine. Okay. That's not a big deal. We don't need to make a big deal out of it. But at that point, that's when I started using the word with Ian, uncomfortable. So if you start seeing something online that makes you uncomfortable just come talk to me about it and boy over the years i've seen a lot of things i've heard a lot of things anything from you know what's going on in minecraft and roblox and fortnite and xbox and people that are going online he matter of fact he called me into on his xbox once uh, and put the headset on because he's like does this guy sound like he's 10 and it's like hi it was like a man trying to <laughs> pretend to have a teenager you know a preteen pitched voice. And you really have to be all over this stuff. So the parents that think that they can just have a plug-in babysitter, that's just not happening. Mm -mm. Because you never know what's going to turn around. You never know what's going to be the next thing that's happening. So what else did you learn about ElsaGate? So there were some tips that came. I don't know if we want to do those now or at the end. But one of the things that YouTube says is they encourage parents to set up a family account. But here's the thing. This is what really bugs me about it is they say you, that way you can monitor what they watch, share, and comment on. So they are putting it on the parents to do. Of course. right? And then they say you can turn on safety mode, which is a, a filter that limits some content. They say that it'll, it'll filter some adult content. It's not perfect, and you have to be logged in. So there's no way to, to make sure that they're not logging out. And kids are super smart. You know that. Right. They're, they're going to find ways around. Did it. you see that video of Andrew Babinski's little girl, Eloise? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's great or disturbing to me. And Andrew and I have talked about it because Andrew's daughter is, I guess what, she's 13 months. 
she can pick up Andrew's phone. I mean, log into YouTube, pick a video, make it go fast or slow, go to the next video. And the problem, as I explained to Andrew, is that once the kids see these things, they can't unsee it. Right. Did they give any other tips? Because so far, I think their tips are really lame. It is. So they have one more lame tip, and that's to subscribe to channels. And then that way they get notified when they get updates. And there's also, there is a YouTube Kids app if you're using a smart device that works on that. But if you're watching it through the television, the app doesn't work there. So, or the computer or right, tablet or, on the computer, or whatever yeah. it may so be. So you still have to monitor. And there's there's ways around that. So it's really it really is up to. So my friend, the mother of triplets, she maintains control of the remote. She doesn't give that to her kids. <laughs> <laughs> so she's on the job. <laughs> well, she can't because if she gives it to one kid. Yeah, then there's all, a, that's a whole other issue. For another, just yeah. like, <laughs> I want it. Mommy loves you more. Okay. Well, thank you, Noelle, for joining us. Thank you. And thanks for bringing us up to date on Elsa Gate. And then anytime you come across anything like this, we need to keep parents informed because, as I like to say, knowledge is power. So, folks, if you have young kids in your family, make sure that you share out this podcast because everybody needs to know exactly what's going on with YouTube. And when it comes down to it, it's still the parent's responsibility. And speaking of parents, coming up next, Dr. Christine Davidson. Now, let me tell you, she is an amazing person. I mean, her credentials go on and on. She has degrees in education management, counseling, elementary ed. She's got a resume a mile long with professional training, experience, publication, and honors. We're talking about why kids are drawn to certain YouTube videos. And if you have any children in your family with autism, you definitely don't want to miss what's coming up. So stay right where you are. But first, a quick thank you to some of our sponsors in this podcast because they make this commando on demand possible. Hey, welcome back. We're going to take a few minutes now and speak with Dr. Christine Davidson. She's a a licensed educational psychologist. She's the president and owner of the Davidson Learning Center in Huntington Beach, California. And as I mentioned, she's got all kinds of degrees and she works with kids and adults of all ages. And she specializes in kids with learning disabilities and also kids with autism. And I will tell you here at the onset that Dr. Christine Davidson, well, she's hot, (laughs) and dr christine davidson is also my sister and if you noticed i didn't say christine that you were like hot i said you know you're hot you're good looking yes you're beautiful oh well thank you well thanks for joining us and you heard us talk a little bit about elsa gate and what's going on with youtube Uh, what have you seen in your practice Well, you know, in my practice, I do test students and I do listen to kids tell me things and parents tell me what's going on with them and their lives. And a few stories that I've had lately have been very disturbing. Uh, One was a little mother that was reading with her three-year-old in the room, in a living room, and a Disney junior character video came on and she started watching it with her and she said let me see what she is actually viewing and she was very shocked to learn that it was monsters uh, turning kids into monsters and this mom told me that this was an eye-opener for her because this app 
is being used at her local elementary school. And she asked me, she said, how can these apps slip through the filters and get in the algorithms? And why is there not more policing of the content that appears in front of very young children? And these inappropriate clips have millions of viewers. Well, and see, and that's the point. See, a lot of people think that for some reason that the app is going to be the police. They're going to control all this. But obviously that's not the case. Right. And and another parent told me that she has a little toddler and he's learning to spell three-letter words. And somehow he was on a nursery rhyme app and up came how to have sex at school. Wait, and What? Yep. How to and have you go how to have sex at school with a three year old? Yep. And she and what she was very concerned about was it started showing them very explicitly how to do it. I have another mother that shared that she has an eight year old boy who she walked in the bedroom and he was naked with his friend and they were laying on the floor. And so she asked him where did you learn this? And he said, YouTube. Now, the sad thing about this is there's no, in the old days, when we were younger, there was usually some kind of abuser or perpetrator, uh, but there's no abuser or perpetrator unless you want to consider YouTube to be those. Um, So that's what, you know, our kids are being exposed to. Because you're right there, you know, in, in when you're right, though, when we were growing up, there was like, you know, that person in the neighborhood, so to speak. Right. It was the house that you always avoided. It was that person at a party or maybe the long distance family member that your mom warned you about. But the moment that you open that Internet line into your home and so many parents are using the Internet as a babysitter. Right. Right. They are. It's much easier to do. And, you know, some of the other stories that I hear, this one is near and dear to my heart because this is a little 13-year-old girl, and I have a granddaughter that's 13 years old. And she went on um, Snapchat and started making friends with this man who was 23 years old but told her he was 16, and he went to another local high school. And he started asking her questions. What do you like? What is your favorite color? What do you like to eat? And then he would say, oh, those are my favorite things, too. So what happened with this was that he convinced her to pretend she was sick and she got to stay home. Her parents went to work. He showed up at her door and said, I'm here to watch a movie with you. And she said, okay, great. So he came in, raped her, and then beat her up, and then left. Oh, God. Poor thing. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, this, this, what we need to teach people or children, how they, their privacy is compromised, okay, and the long-term effects. So another story is about a 12-year-old girl, and her mother told me that she went on um, YouTube or Snapchat, one of those. And the man came on and she said, he said that he was a 16 year old. And he said to her, I want you to take your clothes off. 
Okay, she took her clothes off. All right, then she went down and ate dinner. She came back, and he was on there again saying, I need you to take your clothes off again. So she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't even know you. And he said, well, I have your video of you taking your clothes off oh. and you're nude, and if you don't do it again, I'm going to expose you to millions of people. So she started crying, and she said, why are you doing this to me? And he said, you are mine now. And, that, you know, that's the story. She didn't know that she would, her privacy would be compromised, uh, you know. And so we have to teach our children about that. And I have those conversations with my 13-year-old granddaughter all the time. And I tell her about this and about how she can avoid and never give out personal information. But you know as well as I do. I mean, you know, a 13-year-old, we, we think we know everything at that age, right? Right. I mean, and it's not until we get into our 20s. Well, I was I think I was like 23 when I actually called mom and dad and I said, oh, my gosh, you guys are so smart. <laughs> so I am <laughs> I so remember that, too. I am so sorry. I was such a pain in the neck. I really yep. it's usually about 21. <laughs> I was a little slow on the uptake. Sorry about that. <laughs> well. We're going to take a quick break, Christine. You're going to stay with us, right? And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about kids and what we can do as parents and adults. And what I'd really like to zero in on are some signs that parents and grandparents can be looking for, that there are issues, because a lot of kids don't like to talk about what's going on online. It's their iPhone. It's their account. It's all theirs. First, a quick message from some of our sponsors who help make these podcasts possible. Hey, welcome back to this Commando on Demand. We're speaking right now with Dr. Christine Davidson. And in the interest of full disclosure, not only is she so smart, so beautiful, so giving, so talented, so amazing, she's also my big sister, right? (laughs) You're so sweet. It's all the truth. I love you dearly. You know that. I say that all the time. I know. And same here. We know that. And we're talking about kids and YouTube. Are there any signs that parents and grandparents should be on the lookout that there could be something wrong? Yes, absolutely. Um, You have to observe their behavior. Is there any changes in behavior? Are they eating more or less or sleeping more or less? Do they seem more anxious now? I know you use the word uncomfortable. And are they talking about being uncomfortable or showing some discomfort. And, you know, also look for signs of depression and and sadness and not wanting to go to school. Uh, Something has happened and they may not want to talk, but as a parent, grandparent, we need to try to get them to express to us, you know, what is going on, what happened and put it in perspective. And if they don't want to talk about it, then you can uh, pretend that they are talking for their stuffed animal or for a friend that was in a situation, or maybe they even want to express it, drawing a picture or playing with art supplies, sand, um, or listening to music. 
and then talking about it. So they do like to have some kind of uh, method of talking about these uncomfortable feelings. I got a call on my show last weekend from a guy whose 13-year-old daughter, he had just given her an iPhone for Christmas, right? And suddenly now he said she's secretive, her grades are going down, Yeah. and he called me because he wanted to put spy software on the phone. And I, in my best, I was trying to explain to him that spy software is no substitute for you getting in her face saying, what the heck is going on? Talk to me about it. The iPhone is not a rite of passage. It's a privilege. Right. But he was afraid that he was not going to be her friend. I really think that was the bottom line. Mm, well, that's we shouldn't be friends anyway. We should be parents and grandparents. One way that you can actually start stirring up discussions is if you as a family do some kind of contract where you talk about what are the rules the virtual rules and what do you do and what information do you give out and what parent controls are going to be on the app and is this going to be a private and unlisted setting uh, and and how do we know when somebody might be trying to um, steal our identity or or put our pictures up on that we do not want pictures of now that's what I see mostly that kids, maybe 13-year-olds, they don't understand. They don't understand that they are giving the long-term effects of the privacy that they're giving away. I think you would agree that our father was like one of the smartest men ever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was amazing. He really was. He was. And what a great father. Uh, Stern, right? Strong? Right. Okay. You always knew where he stood. (laughs) Absolutely. There was no question. And sometimes I I sit back and I say uh, WWDD within my life. And it's like, okay, what would Dick do? Okay. Because if I'm trying to make make a decision, it's like WWDD. What would Dick do? What would dad do? And... When I was growing up, and I think he, he, I know he did this with you too, is that at that time there was the newspaper, right? right? And he would clip out stories from the newspaper and he would put it in my lunchbox. Right. From the time that I could read, eight years old. And I would be reading about kids that were driving without seatbelts and they got killed. Uh, kids that got on the wrong bus and they ended up in the wrong city. They meant to go to New York, but they ended up in Fort Lauderdale for some reason, and they didn't realize it until three days later, like what was going on with that. If it had anything to do with a kid, it was cut out and put into my lunchbox. And invariably, as I got older, I'd roll my eyes and look at him and go, oh, God, I know that, you know, one of those things. (laughs) So when Ian started growing up in – this became a big deal is that I started taking then online articles and emailing them to him. And even to this day, if there's a car accident involving uh, right now teenagers that are driving too fast, too reckless, too furious, I will send him that article. And invariably, I get a text back that says, thanks, but you don't have to worry about it. But it's the whole idea that you can plant those seeds and he'll think about it the next time, hopefully. And he, well, and every time, 
we have an article in the newspaper. I read that to my granddaughter. Now, I read her one last night. She rolled her eyes. But you know what? She got the message. And the message was, somebody wants to be your friend online, and you're going to end up somewhere raped, killed, or and thrown on the road somewhere. So you have to watch and be very careful. Because once you put that line to the Internet at their disposal and within reach, anybody can come into the home. And that's the bottom right. line. Now, talk right. a little bit about YouTube videos and kids with autism, if you will. Well, what I find kids that have autism, they have no filters, usually. They, they don't understand. They're very black and white. Their comprehension is poor. They trust adults. So the, we have to teach them about stranger danger, not even going in a car with somebody, but imagine when you're online. So what our parents, I tell my parents to do, is that you have to monitor, watch with them, ask them how they're making scores and points, put on the privacy settings, the parent controls, and watch what they're doing. You have to be right on top of what's going on especially with kids that have autism, because they have difficulty filtering out what is right and what is wrong. We teach social skills at my school, and that's because our kids don't get it. If somebody came up to them and said, your mother was in a car accident and she's in the hospital, and I want you to come in my car right now, most of my students with autism would get in the car. So we have a double responsibility to teaching children with autism about safety. And your school is a unique institution. Uh, yes. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Because I'm so incredibly proud of you. Oh, well, thanks. I worked in the school district for 25 years. And I was a teacher all the way up to assistant superintendent of HR. And I just decided one day, I know what kids need, and I'm just going to do it. So I started in my house, and that quickly flourished. And now we're in a school. We're in a Christian school where we rent classrooms. And our students receive one-on-one -on -one individual intervention, and that's with a one-on-one -on -one credentialed teacher. So what happens is I test the students. I perform four hours of academic testing, auditory processing, visual processing, uh, oral language, and from that four-hour testing, I develop an individual program for them. So it's a prescription. And from that prescription, we bridge differences. We bridge learning gaps. And we're very successful. You're being very humble. I mean, you are incredibly successful. And the success rate of your students afterwards, it's amazing. You take kids that basically a lot of times people say, I don't know what to do. And you take them. You're like Mother Teresa of education, and you, you mold them and you move them and you, you make them self-sustaining adults, which is incredible. 
Well, thanks. I I really like what I do. I have I'm very blessed. I have a great staff. It takes a village. Our parents are wonderful. But I I have one story that I have a student that was a seventh grader. When I got her, she was at reading at the first grade level. After one year of being part-time at my school, she her mother pulled her out of her public school put her at my school part-time. She was tested by the school district at the end of one year, and she was reading at the fifth grade level. Wow. So, you know, we used Linda Mood Bell. We used auditory processing programs. We used the Common Core State Standards. But really, we just taught her how to read. And when she first came, she would not read out loud. And now she reads out loud all the time. As a matter of fact, she is in a general education high school. Really? And yeah, she's something. She went from our school to a private Christian eighth grade, and then she went to the local public high school. Now, I haven't heard from this mom, and that means that's a good thing. Because I always tell all my parents, if you need me, you need something, I'm here. I'm here for you. And if if I don't hear from you, then I'm going to assume everything is working well. Which is, you know, which is a, a real testament, though. I mean, because you want them to keep going. You want them to be self-sustaining. And let me tell you, folks, if you have any interest in education, if you want to learn more about uh, Dr. Chris Davidson. And Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, head over to our website. That's drdavidson.com. Once again, that's Dr. Dr. Davidson, D-A-V-I-D-S-O-N.com. All right, let's close with some other tips that you need to know. I mean, you know, we've heard the obvious, talk to your kids, watch what they're doing. And, you know, and it's so easy not to do because we're all so busy. That's where you can look at parent control apps. Now, let me tell you something. I've never been a big advocate of parent control apps because I think a lot of people think that it's going to be the end all and the panacea because even though you have an app, it still means that you need to be involved and you want to be a responsible digital parent. And so we have a sponsor, WebWatcher. It's actually a great product. Takes only five minutes to set up. Works on your iPhone, your Android, PC, Mac, Chromebook, you name it. Runs in the background and it discreetly sends data to a secure account that you can monitor. You can learn more right now at webwatcher.com slash Kim. That's webwatcher.com slash Kim. And speaking of YouTube, you want to make sure that you report any inappropriate content that you see. And as we spoke about with Noel, set up the family account, the safety mode, subscribe to channels. And if you can't do any of that, really... You just got to get your kids off of YouTube. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, as a digital citizen, it's your responsibility to also help us educate the masses. So make sure that you share this podcast and all your social media accounts. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. Hey, stay up to date with all the Commando articles and podcasts with the Commando app. It's free and you get notifications for podcasts like this one and the very latest articles on everything digital and those security alerts. And if you like this podcast, do me a favor. Don't forget to subscribe. Head over to iTunes, Google Play, and also give us a great five-star rating and review us because that helps us better our podcast and also helps more people to find our podcasts. And that's what it's all about. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. And I'll see you on the radio for the Kim Commando Show.